About 550 families are homeless in Chicago on any given day, and slightly more than 3,000 children. A couple dozen homeless shelters work to take care of them all, including the Primo Center. Their goal is to help the families become independent, productive members of their communities. But each center has a different approach. I'm Ron Brown, and for this episode of Whole New Worlds, I sat down with Primo Center CEO Christine Aker to discuss how Primo helps its families from the first stage of homelessness by providing temporary shelter to getting them on the road to permanent housing. So I think that certainly all homeless shelters in the city have an interest in wanting to help the homeless or they wouldn't be in the business um, that they're in. For the Primo Center, we have really made a strong investment in how we engage families. And so our model um, is probably more comprehensive than most other programs in the city. And we're really, really focused on engagement from the point that they come into the shelter. So for example, we really um, want to engage them from a strengths-based perspective where we um, want to partner with the family rather than perhaps a more institutionalized approach to shelter where you're given a bed or a cot and you're given the meals, but you're not really, you know, actively engaging with the staff. And at the Primo Center, it's a complete 180 from that. Our staff Is that are, what the, they talk about when they talk about a therapeutic approach? Absolutely. And then in addition to that, I would say we take one step further in the fact that we have on-site therapeutic services. So we have a psychiatrist, we have um, clinicians, we have clinical case management, um, and it's all kind of under one roof. Yeah. We're not talking about a, a stopgap uh, solution here, are we? This isn't the place to feed and clothe and then say goodbye. I mean, I, that sounds cold, but there are some places that out of yeah. necessity you have to do that and i'm sure at the time it's welcome but you that's not you right not at all uh, for us we want every family to have their best solution if their best solution is to move back with family and friends we're promoting that if it's to move into their own market rate apartment if it's to move into permanent supportive housing we want every family to reach their full potential and to have their best um outcome and we look at each family individually um, because we know that those outcomes um, really are varied um, based on the identified needs of the family. Okay, I want to talk about some of the programs uh, at the Primo Center. Uh, are there a handful? There are more than a dozen? What would you consider the most important programs and can you give me a little bit of information about them? So we're, we've been very strategic and methodical in our um, investments. And so I really consider them investments. The first kind of largest core is how we operate our shelter, which I mentioned that we follow more of a therapeutic, strengths-based approach rather than an institutional approach. Um, our trauma-informed care and mental health services is really at the core of who we are and what we do. And so having on-site um, psychiatry, um, clinical case management therapists, integrating the health of the children and families through partnerships with federally qualified health clinics and other physical health providers. So we have, for example, on-site dental services to really integrate uh, the health of the families, um, which is really, really 
important. And then I think our other really important investment area is with the children, our focus on early home visiting. Um, So we know nationally that nearly half of all homeless children are below the age of five. And we also know that there's an important investment in homeless children birth to five. Um, For example, the Ounce of Prevention, which is one of the nation's leading think tanks in um, birth to five initiatives, will speak to the long-term educational gains and social and emotional gains that are met by really strengthening that zero to five um, uh, array of services. Can you tell me a little bit about the people of Primo? It's it's not a it's it's not a place where you go in and you punch a clock mm-hmm. and you go home. That's that was my impression. What do you what do you who are the people of of Primo? Who who is it that works there? Who's drawn to that type of service? Yeah, you know, I'm very humbled by the team that we have at the Primo Center. Um, because it, you're you're very right. This isn't a nine to five um, job where you you know punch your time clock um, in and out and and never think about work. I mean, our team is very responsive to any of the needs that come up or any of the needs that their coworkers have. Um, we have staff. We have some staff that have been there for close to twenty years, and you know they're just they come to work you know, committed um, and ready to serve. And I I couldn't ask for anything more um, from them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the key word, serve. And, and I think the other thing that you'll, that you'll see with the Primo Center is we have a great executive team um, that will come in evenings, weekends. We have a birthday party project where a, lo- a community group that's called the Birthday Project um, will come in once a month to celebrate all the kids' birthdays, and it's always on a Sunday. And it's our executive staff that are coming in to participate. So our clients definitely get the sense that everybody's there to serve them. Um, I could give you another example. Last fall, we had, or I guess it was it was two falls ago, we had a fire um, on a weeknight. And I think like every single staff person that lived in the general area all came to be helpful because it displaced our whole side of the building. We had to set them up in kind of makeshift shelter in the gym. And we had literally like every staff person that could get there, like came to be helpful. Um, and so I think it's that that type of um, commitment that, um, you know, it could be easy to take for granted because it's just naturally what they do, but it's certainly not something that I take for granted at all. And it's something that I'm really humbled by. Mm-hmm. How did you become a part of the center? What inspired you? to move in this direction? Sure, so I started by way of training, I'm a clinician, and I started working in children's mental health and child welfare. And my interest actually originally was to be a clinician for children that had been abused. And when I saw the high prevalence of trauma in the lives of homeless children and families, um, I made a segue into that area um, almost 25 years ago. 
So it changed you. It changed me. And then a very interesting story. I was in my hometown having a Sunday dinner with my aunt and uncle. Um, my parents had passed previously about you know five years before. And I actually found out that my uncle and my mom and my other uncle were homeless as children. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting in terms of perhaps the unconscious drive um, to work with the homeless. And, and for me, it was interesting because my mom was my best friend. It wasn't something that she ever shared. My guess is probably because she felt a lot of shame. Um, but then to have that out there um, was something that was very powerful for me. Mm -hmm. And you learned that after you had already made that decision, though. Oh, absolutely. I had been working in the in the field with homeless kids for several years when I found this out. Mm -hmm. And uh, did your mom survive to see the kind of work that you had gone into? No. It was after? No. I mean, definitely in the mental health field. Um, but in terms of working with homeless kids, no. But my parents, it was really important for my parents to for us not to take anything for granted and to be helpful and kind and and all of those things and i remember every christmas we would have to take one of our wrapped gifts and donate it to toys for tots and we didn't know we we could have been giving our most valuable you know christmas wish list item um but it was really important for my parents to to show us and to um and to educate us in terms of helping um, helping others and it not being about ourselves. So, you know, I have to wonder if those types of messages growing up were a direct result of, you know, some of the experiences that my mom faced when she was young. Yeah, that's an amazing story. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would imagine that, that you're right. I mean, maybe there are no accidents, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there are not, maybe right. it's supposed to be. Uh, can you tell me, do you know what some of the uh, common myths are about homelessness that you just don't like or that you just have to accept and want to change? I think the, the biggest myth is that homelessness is the person struggling with addiction under the bridge, um, and oftentimes it's a single um, male. Um, in fact, you know, homeless children and families comprise, you know, more than a third of the homeless population in the United States. And I think people, um, I, I hear two, two schools of thought and both are very concerning. Either in most cities, homeless children are very much we try, you know, we try to shelter the children and the families. So because you don't see it, you don't think that it's a problem. Um, and then also the other school of thought that is blaming the parents, um, that the children are only in this state because of parent mistakes. And it's the parents' responsibility to take care of their children and 
you know, and I don't know if they feel that the solution is to separate all of the kids that are homeless from the parents, but um, but I think that that's a major myth. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is the highest predictor of homelessness is in an adult was homelessness or residential instability as a child. And there are multiple um, factors, whether it's domestic violence or trauma or other forms of trauma or, you know, just economic issues that are driving families into homelessness. It's very, very complex. And to do a broad stroke, kind of this is the reason for it. And so this is what we need to do to cure it um, is really unwarranted. You do have a a high success rate, from Mm -hmm. what I understand, of uh, getting families uh, to transition from homelessness mm-hmm. to having a home. So annually for the past 10 years, when we converted this program to be more comprehensive, we placed more than 90% into permanent housing. It's really interesting. I re- remember speaking at a national conference about this. And, um, you know, and you, you say the percentage and everybody's like, wow, that's really exciting. And I'm like, well, here's the exciting thing. We don't ask anybody to leave. You know, if you're living in a city where, you know, shelter operators can voluntarily and involuntarily just, you know, ask families to leave the shelter, you know, their statistics aren't going to be nearly as impressive as Primo Center, where we're actually committed to every single um, type of issue that comes our way. And there are very few situations that a family will leave our shelter. So intuitively, you know, we have a very high success rate because they're staying with us until they get housed. And then our recidivism rates are also very strong. We have basically fewer than 5%, around 5% or less um, ever return to shelter. Um, And so I think that that really speaks strong volumes to our success in um, both in placement as well as very low recidivism. Mm-hmm. Now you're obviously in the community, uh, you know uh, all the other shelters, what they offer, what they do, what they don't do, as opposed to, you can't run them all, I understand, but I would think that with uh, the kind of numbers that we're talking about, with the kind of programs that we're talking about, that you can offer yourself up as, uh, as a model Actually, it's interesting that you say that because for two years, we had a learning collaborative with other family shelters in the city. Um, and it was really, we we coordinated it and staffed it, but it was really a peer um, sharing and peer learning. So our focus, I mean, we were focused on um, talking about strengths-based and um, trauma-informed care and things of that nature. But it was such a dynamic process. There were about nine providers, including Primo Center, that met on a monthly basis. And it was a safe space, you know, to share concerns and frustrations and and um, to not be judged and not, you know, you know, be reported on because of the things that they were that they were facing and so you know i this is really really challenging work and so i give a lot of credit to all of our partner organizations in chicago that are trying to serve um, homeless families and i think the opportunity to to be able to build each other up and to coordinate with each other um, just creates a better system for the kids and families that need the services
Whole New Worlds is brought to you by Primo Center, dedicated to ending the cycle of generational family homelessness. If you want to contribute, it's easier than ever. Text New Worlds, all one word, to 44321. Or visit primocenter.org for more information. The show is hosted and produced by Ron Brown and Jesse Patent. Special thanks to Primo CEO Christine Aker, Shelley Cooper, Eric Harmon, and everyone from the center who spoke with us. Special thanks also to Charlie Meyerson, Sheila Solomon, Janine Harston, Terry Lydon, and Cindy Pulaskis of Rivet. Special thanks also to Moby for letting us use his music throughout the series, including our theme song, Porcelain, and Southside as our closing credits. Once again, you can make a donation to Primo Center by texting New Worlds, all one word, to 44321, or head to primocenter.org. I'm Ron Brown. I'm Jesse Batend. Thanks for listening. So can you tell me about your teddy bear? I remember my Whenever a new family comes to Primo Center, the children get to pick out a stuffed animal. And I like to play babies with it and cuddle with it. And you like to what? Cuddle with it. Cuddle with it? Yeah. It's so soft. It's so soft? Yeah. Okay, what color is it? White. It's called the Lovey's Program, and it's just one of the ways that you touch the lives of homeless children with your donation to Primo Center. All right, that's all. I just had to make sure that you like it. I love it. <laughs> okay, good. Text New Worlds to 44321. For more information, visit primocenter.org.